Hi, my name is Mike, and I'm so glad that you can join us here at Living Life. You know, when it comes to destruction, I'll never forget when we took our youth ministry from Chicago down to New Orleans to help the victims who've been uh, terrorized by Hurricane Katrina. And so it was a massive a hurricane that struck the southern part of Louisiana. And so because there were many people who not only lost their homes and their livelihood, but many lives were lost as well. And so when we went down there, we partnered with Habitat for Humanity. And so we helped to build homes for the people so that they can have a place to live. And you know, as we had some chance to have uh, on our own to look around the city and to pray for it, I remember we were walking down the streets, uh, the Lower Ninth Ward that was uh, hit hardest by Hurricane Katrina and it would became a basic basically a, a ghost town nobody very few people had come back to live there and just seeing all everything just completely torn apart and then even seeing like a, an abandoned boat hanging on top of a street sign and so that was how much destruction and how powerful Hurricane Katrina was and as we look in this passage in Revelation we'll see the destruction that is being described for us uh, in this chapter as we study it together. Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 through 21. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was twice ten thousand times ten thousand. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes, having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. 
And so as we look at the second half of chapter 9 in Revelation, we see the impending judgment that God brings about as he's spoken to the disciple John. And so many of us, uh, when we, uh, we may not have a clue of how frightening God can be and how his judgment can uh, really be harsh and what he can unleash upon his people and to what magnitude or what it may look like. Uh, but the Bible is clear that, you know, for us as Christians who are living under the grace of God, we should not be afraid of God's judgment. Uh, it's not some sort of fairy tale, but that God is capable of doing these things, but he chooses not to for our sakes. And so in this passage, we see that an angel is being used to be an instrument of God's destruction. And so as a result, it says that a third of mankind is wiped out and they are decimated and killed uh, through well, God's deliverance, God saying that this should happen. And so uh, if you can imagine all these people being put to death and it happened with an army of 200 million soldiers. Um, and so they come and they conquer and they kill a third of all of humanity, of the human race. Uh, so just seeing 200 million soldiers must, must have been a sight to behold. Uh, so we have to remember that God's dealing are not accidental, but they are all planned. And so he has a purpose behind what he is doing. And so there's a precise time and moment for everything that he does. And when it comes to sin, uh, just because we may not face immediate consequences doesn't mean that we've gotten away with that sin, with that act. Um, the fact that God doesn't punish us or He doesn't give us some kind of penalty, it is all by God's grace that we are alive and that we're able to, to breathe and to walk where we are today. And so God, what He's doing is in fact He's giving us an opportunity to repent. Uh, so we shouldn't think of it as a past, uh, but rather another opportunity that we can repent and come back to Him. And so the purpose of this plague was judgment upon the human race for the ways that they have disobeyed God and how they turn to idolatry, uh, whatever it may look like. They've been corrupt in their practices. They've given into sexual immorality. They have given into drunkenness. They've been liars, stealers, and uh, fornicators. All these things are being revealed about the human race and how sinful they are before the Almighty God. And so earlier, the churches were told to repent for their faithlessness and their tendencies to go away from God. Uh, but, and he said that if you, do not do, if you do not listen to my words, you will face the consequences. And so the second purpose of these plagues was to bring people to repentance. And so that was the purpose, uh, the reasoning behind this judgment is to get the attention of the people and saying, wake up, uh, don't let yourselves fall into sin any deeper than you already are in. And so uh, God did not release this judgment for no apparent reason, but he had uh, a theme behind it. And so there's a reason for what he does. And so God tells the church that they need to be faithful, come back to him, or something worse can happen if they don't respond. And so uh, we see that he's giving them a chance to repent. 
And it's pretty amazing that despite the fact that a third of the human race has been totally wiped out, and yet the people do not respond, and they just go about their own business, continuing to sin and continuing to walking, walking away from the Lord. And so uh, what ends up happening instead is that uh, man has continued in their idol worship in their usual manner. And so uh, many of us, we don't like to talk about God's judgment. And some of us, we'd rather uh, talk about God's grace and how He's good to us and how He's giving us second chances. But God's judgment is also real. And uh, we should not just sugarcoat it. We should not just brush it aside but we should face it and look at it, confront it, and see that God will pronounce these things upon even us if we do not repent of our evil ways. And so God desires for His children to reflect His character and to be more like Him. And so that is why, you know, a parent will discipline their child. Um, they hopefully will not do it just out of anger or emotion, but they do that because of their disobedience, because they refused to listen or they did something that they know was wrong. And so a good parent would take the child and explain to them that this is what they did wrong. And hopefully the child will respond by not uh, re reenacting that and doing it again, because that will break the heart of the parent. And so we, as we look at this chapter, as we see how chapter 9 ends, we see what is being unleashed, but it should also give us an opportunity to come back to Him. And so when we think about God's judgment, uh, sometimes it may create fear, or maybe we may not think that it's something real. But as we look here, that God's judgment that was unleashed, and we see that multitudes, um, thousands of people who have died, um, this, this should cause us to wake up. And so uh, may this give us an opportunity to reflect, to think through our lives. Is there any sin that we have not confessed before the Lord? Or is there something that we are doing knowingly and purposely to uh, break the heart of God? And if we are, uh, may this give us a chance to turn around, to turn back from it and say, God, forgive me. Help me, Lord, to put my life into your hands so that I won't let this become something that I will be judged for and make me to lose my faith. And so let's turn to him and ask him for his guidance and for his help. Uh, let us pray. Uh, Father, as we look at your word, and we know, God, that you are a just and you are a righteous God. And that because of that, um, we know that we cannot blame you for bringing about judgment for those who have sinned against you. And so we just pray that uh, may this turn our lives around. Help us, God, to be faithful. Help us, O oh God, to uh, live obedient lives. And so we just confess uh, the things that we have done to break your heart. And we ask, Lord, that this would be uh, a chance that we can experience grace and to live it out and to live, Father, as your child. And so give us that purpose uh, and give us that opportunity as we start off new on this day. And so we commit ourselves and our lives unto you. And in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.
이 프로그램은 시청자 여러분의 소중한 후원으로 제작됩니다. 